I'm to me, I'm willing to give as much information as I can that I went through that I know of about the direct provision and you know how most of us arrive here. This is part three of Toomey's story. Today at last we get a bit of good news. Toomey's moved centre again and finds a lot more joy in her new home. We get into an interesting discussion about how Ireland views direct provision. And we talk about the foods from her home country that she misses. And a bit about how she got the skills to be able to stand up for her rights in Ireland against all the odds and all the pressure put against her in the system she's been placed in. Toomey's story is produced by Let's Help. I'm Louisa May and I talked to Toomey a couple of months ago to learn more about direct provision and what one experiences when they're going through it. I'd love to hear your feedback and any comments or thoughts that you have if you're listening to Toomey's story. It's great to hear back from everyone out there. And I felt like, you know, I was in prison. I felt like things are not going well with me here because me eating their food again, you know, I don't know. These people are preparing my food. What if, you know, what if they even put poison in that food? Because they are the ones preparing that food. I felt like unsafe. And I met this other African people, they're from Botswana, and Botswana people and us, we are almost similar. So they used to stay in Cold Town, and usually I would go to them and ask them, can I please buy food with you guys and cook with you and eat with you and then go back there when I only am going to sleep. And they said, not a problem. And I started buying food with this money that I'm getting every week. Is it for the 38? Yes, yes. So I started buying food in that place and then we would cook together and stuff like that. And then I'll take some more food to the hotel and um, to go and eat there. So when they realized that I'm bringing fruit from outside, bringing it inside, they said no more food inside the rooms, you know, knowing very well that I don't eat their food anymore. I eat outside. They said no more food in their rooms. Okay, then I realized that, okay, fine. Since there's no more food, I'll stay in that place until the evening I eat, I finish. And then when I go there, I just go and sleep. That's basically what I can do. Mm -hmm. So in the morning, we'll wake up with my kids and they'll get onto their scooters and then we'll just ride, go to that place and then spend time with those people. And later on in the evening, that's when we'll come back. And then they found me, a. they sent me, they asked for Rhea to remove me from the place. Mm. Okay, fine, I was removed and I was happy. That was the happiest day mm. of my life because I thought, you know, it's over. I cannot live like this anymore, mm. you know. 
and that's when they brought me where I basically when I got here to be honest I they tried as much as they can to treat us as well and uh, I've never had any complaints the only complaints I had with them was the bed issue the room they had given me a smaller rooms than where I'm coming from with the kids and they put three single beds inside the room and there was no space to do anything, not even a table for kids to do homework or anything. It was so small. So I complained again and I said to the manager, listen, I cannot live like this. He said, no, Rhea told us to give you this room. It's suitable for three people. But I said, according to Rhea's law, when a child is older than 10 years, when the child is 10 years and older, it's not supposed to be sharing even a bedroom with the mother. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand when you guys say, why did you guys accept that you have a room for me, knowing very well that you don't have enough space? Mm. They said, okay, fine. Rhea didn't tell us that the child is over 10 years. And I said, but then now we are here and stuff. And they said, okay, we'll move you to Cork. I said, I'm not moving to any Cork. I've been to moving to how many centers now? Yeah. I am not moving to any cock. I'm not going anywhere. All I want is for you guys to make a space for me. Yeah. Make and a room for me. to move anywhere else in case you've got another bad center. Exactly. Uh, and then it really, it wasn't, I mean, imagine now I just arrived here. I have to move from where I am to another place again. They, what if I, I encounter other problems again? I said, no, you guys will have to make sure that you give me a room. I am not going to any place. I'm not going to cook. Okay, they said, all right, um, we'll see about what we can do and stuff like that. And well, after a month and a couple of, in about two weeks, um, the manager said to me, okay, we found your room that it will be suitable for you and your kids. And because now he saw that I had complained to Marcy, I had complained to Rhea and I sent them photos. I had complained to the TD. Mm. I had complained, you know. Yeah, you, I, like you're very like, proactive in fighting yes. for your rights. <laughs> yes, and so they realized that this one knows her rights more than anybody <laughs> because people here, they are very quiet i'm telling you it doesn't matter what because yeah, you'd be scared like because you want to get accepted into the country so you kind of exactly so with me um one person i don't know maybe it's because i'm from a political background okay mm -hmm. this one is kicking me like hell now uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's also fighting <laughs> <laughs> A round of applause with his speeds. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm from a political background, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to be oppressed. I'm from a country whereby we were very oppressed, mm. you know, very, very oppressed. And for me to join politics is because I could see my parents, my family, mm. how they were oppressed. So I can't get here and be oppressed again. No. I wasn't going to allow that, you know, yeah. because no, now I, suppose. I promised my kids. A country that would be, I would hope, I would hope in the majority against oppression in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Because people are learning these stories, um, 
you know, it's obviously it's been in the papers and it's been on the news a lot over the past couple of months. But mm-hmm. um, now on Instagram, people are hearing about it and and stuff and are just in shock, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, just completely unaware of the reality of what was going reality of what was going on. And it's hard to learn about what's going on as well. Yes. Like you can't access the centres and and stuff and then obviously yeah. the fear aspect of people speaking out if they they want to get asylum. Yes. Um So where did where did you go from there or is that Okay. Um yeah, and then well they actually ended up um giving me a bigger room where the kids at least have their own space, they have their own room. Yeah. I have my own room and um which was much better. Obviously it it won't be as better as home. Home is will all home to buy food mm. uh with points and be able to cook for ourselves mm-hmm. which is better yeah. because now kids can eat the food that you cooked. Yeah. And um yeah, I read a, I read a line that was saying it's like taking the parents' ability to cook for their children's away from them. Yes. You know, for us, it's a normal, like a normal thing to be able to choose what your kids eat, mm-hmm. and to take away that ability is such a harmful thing. It is. And it what, is. What kind of food can you afford at this point? The the kind of food that we can afford at this point. Well, um. The kind of food that like we eat, it's, it's, I can't say it's too different from what you guys eat, but then it's, um, we cook it differently, Yeah. you know, we cook our own food. We have things like pop, we have things like, uh, Um, to me, I'm willing to give as much information as I can that I went through that I know of about the direct provision and, you know, how most of us arrive here. 